What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Clean Libertarian Podcast. Um, today, I am joined by my good friend, Todd Hagopian. Uh, Todd, how are you doing today, sir? Doing great. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Um, Todd is better known as the Todd Father. He has a tremendous following on Twitter. Um, he's known for his extremely principled takes and uh, being a member of the Mises Caucus. Um, Todd is also running for Corporation Commission here in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, we were just, gonna, Todd, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that elections or that, that campaign's going and what you're hoping to achieve? Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, Corporation Commission, for people who don't know what it is, uh, they basically pass regulations and regulate different parts of the industries that Oklahoma considers part of the public good. And that's basically oil and gas, public utilities, and transportation. Uh, so that's what the corporation does. I'm running on a three-platform, uh, a three-pronged platform, basically cut red tape, stop letting government pick winners and losers, and put Oklahoma back to work. Um, so those are the three things I'm hoping to get out of it. Uh, essentially, what brought me to the race is the idea that I've run small companies and I've run big companies. And what I know is that when you don't know what regulations are coming down the pipe, the company decides not to spend money. And that's what we're seeing right now. And that's why people are getting laid off instead of investments being made. Because when investments are made, more people go back to work. Um, and so right now, people don't know what to expect from the Corporation Commission. They even went so far as to consider doing a basically OPEC style um, production cuts here in Oklahoma. Um, and, and obviously, if you're in oil and gas and you're hearing that, you're not going to be hiring people because you might not even be able to be allowed to produce. So that's what brought me to the race. The race itself is going really well. Um, we have raised over $10,000. We have already purchased TV ads in both the Tulsa market and the Oklahoma City market. We purchased billboards for the last week uh, in the Tulsa market and the Oklahoma City market. And we're sitting on some more money, so we're trying to figure out what to do. Um, and we got 60 days left to, um, to really campaign. We, we haven't even you know, been mentioned in the news hardly at all because there was a Republican primary and no Libertarian primary. So we're just really starting to raise money right now. Right on. I think you got a real shot at this, man. Um, I, I think that that's a, uh, one of the most exciting races that we see in the nation right now. A lot of people are looking at, at this race with, uh, with, with intent. Um, and I think that you're making a solid approach to it, man. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think to, to your point, and I didn't mention this, but the reason the race is so important is because no Democrat filed, right? So it's just me and the Republican. And so in, 2016, Trump got like 65% of the vote in Oklahoma. But in 2018, the governor only got about 54% of the vote. And right now, Trump's polling at 55. So there's not even that much of the vote that we have to pull over um, to, to have a libertarian actually win in a two-person race where there's nobody else to take from. The Republican's going to get X, and I'm going to get 100 minus X. So if the Republican gets 49, I get 51. If the Republican gets 51, I get 49. And that's how this is going to look. And so it is a winnable race. And, and we have gotten, I think we've gotten donations from 22 different states already. Um, so all over, you know, Twitter has helped me out quite a bit and, and social media folks. And, and then even some big donors across the country. I've gotten one max donor so far and I'm looking to get a few more. 
Well, let's let's hope that we have uh, more states jump on board with that one because this is a uh, this is a big race, big yep. time. Um, need to get some yard signs from you. Wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. If you're wanting to know how to spend some of that money, but um, <laughs> but um, one of the things that I've really enjoyed is that you have not pulled any punches as far as your approach to this. Yep. Uh, you've been very forthcoming and honest about who you are and uh, what you intend to do once yep. elected. Absolutely, yeah. And um, we just made the decision that uh, the word libertarian is going to be nice and big on all the billboards. You know, that was a key decision is do we just approach this and, and ignore the party part of it and just talk about the message so that people can see the message and then find out about the party or do we put the party front and center? And I felt it was my responsibility to put the party front and center so it will be on all the billboards. It'll be in the TV advertising um, we're putting it out there. And obviously, um, like I said, at the Oklahoma convention, you know, most of the time people are, are counseled to be less libertarian so you can win an election. And my message from the very beginning is I'm going to win an election because I'm going to keep being libertarian. And I think that there's a lot more people out there that are libertarian than they realize. And it does our candidates a disservice when people tell them to be less libertarian and less, you know, quote unquote, radical. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there that want radical liberty. Radical liberty is very different than radical progressivism or radical conservatism. Um, and I think that we're going to find that that message is resonating. I think so too. Um, and and you, you're making a good point here is that we have seen a watering down of the message of liberty. We have seen the watering down of the term libertarian and what that entails. Um, anybody who follows Todd on Twitter, and what, what's your Twitter handle, by the way? It's actually just Todd Hoodgopian. Uh, okay. People, uh, I think the profile name is Libertarian in Chief, but if you type in Todd Hoodgopian, it'll pop up. Yeah, so just go go to Todd's Twitter page and 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 peruse through through the post, and you will see an unapologetic Libertarian, yeah. and that is inspiring, especially somebody who's who's running after a race right now. Like that is a beautiful yeah. thing to see, man. Um, Hold back if I if I have a view and my views aren't 100% you know libertarian I don't tow whatever the LP National is putting on their Twitter account I protect liberty and mm -hmm. and my view of liberty can be different than somebody else's and I don't apologize for it so there's lots of current events here where libertarians are torn um, so go and see what I say but but what you will find is what Drew's saying is um, you will never see me take an ambiguous position. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I respect you for that big time. Um, the Oklahoma LP is, is all the better for it. And even the national LP, because like, you know, we, a lot of people are looking at this. So it'll be interesting to watch it progress. Now, uh, also another thing that you're involved in is uh, the Mises caucus. And you want to yeah. give us a little bit of rundown on that? Sure. Uh, so I'm one of the three state organizers for the Mises Caucus in Oklahoma. We've just named three. Uh, it was one before that, and I wasn't one. Um, so we are growing in the state. And I think we named over 100 Mises Caucus organizers across the country now. Um, the Mises Caucus, plain and simple, is um, basically a return to Ron Paul libertarianism. Uh, so Austrian economics, very small government. Um, some people would say right-leaning if you had to put us on a scale, but either way, if you can think around Paul, that's pretty much what we are. Um, we are the fastest growing caucus in the, um, in the party right now. I think we went from having a couple hundred votes in the 18th you know, election to having um, 
250 people actually show up in person, you know, out of the only 350 people that showed up or so uh, in Orlando. Um, so quite a good showing, uh, especially in person. Um, and then on top of that, we, we didn't even have state organizers in place. So now we're having monthly meetings and we're having strategy sessions. And the important thing to know about the Mises Caucus is that when we get a bad rap, everybody hates the Mises Caucus, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's a lot of people who say a lot of things that just isn't true. Uh, I wish you guys could hear the monthly meetings because the message is work with the other caucuses. I love that. Find, yeah, find the reasonable people in the other caucuses and help elevate them within those caucuses so we can all work together towards common goals. And even if you do end up being a majority in the state, don't strong arm everybody into your will. You know what I mean? Find find areas where you can give and and be a team player because that's how this party's going to grow. And and that is not what you hear from people who are talking against the caucus. <laughs> people who are talking against the caucus just want us to all go away. And and frankly, when you're looking at the whole uh, population of people and who could be best brought into liberty, the people who could be best brought into liberty are the folks who aren't voting right now and aren't happy with any of the parties. And that's who we're grabbing right now. We're grabbing all these folks who are disenfranchised, all these people who don't wanna be a Republican anymore because they're big government. They're Ron Paul Republicans who never took the Libertarian Party seriously because the Libertarian Party always talked out of its ass. And now we're trying to bring it back to Ron Paul and, and that's how we're growing so fast. And I, I, we have 10,000 Twitter followers, 10,000, Facebook followers, you know what I mean? Uh, this thing, we're, we're the biggest in Twitter and Facebook than any other caucus, and we're two years old. That, and, and just to kind of enhance on your point about talking about working with others, I have seen a progression in the Mises Caucus as far as maturity goes and civility. Um, and it's been awesome. It's been really awesome to see ever since this last convention. I, you know, obviously Hornberger was the preferred candidate for the caucus. He didn't win the nomination. It was Joe and I saw right out of the gate, nothing but support. And I was impressed by that big time. Um, and anybody else who's paying attention should be giving you all a fair shake out on this still, because I've seen the Mises caucus go out of their way to, endorse other candidates and lift them up and hell you guys came within a stone's throw away from having your chair uh get yep. elected yep. Uh, i was on uh, hornberger's team and and um we you know we really wanted to win but i think within five minutes after the nomination both myself and um michael the chair of the mises caucus both endorsed joe wholeheartedly and i remember when the uh pragmatic caucus endorsed joe we were all like, this is great because yeah. that, that was basically our second choice. You know what I mean? And we knew one of these two people were going to win and we were going to have a great candidate. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, we, it, it has been a different caucus and I, I'm not going to bash anybody. I, what I'm going to say is, is the new chair is doing a fantastic job reaching across the aisle to different caucuses. He's gone on to uh, Tom Woods show and Tom Woods and the old chair did not see eye to eye and neither did the Mises caucus and the old chair. Um, I think people did see in the convention that the Mises caucus folks who did stand up and participate in the convention were reasonable and brought up good points and, and had the, you know, had the party in mind. And I think that um, we're doing well with henchmen. And I 
think there's that this is going to be a good marriage and it should be there's, we're all trying to get the same things done just different degrees maybe um but those degrees shouldn't shouldn't you know differentiate us so much that we can't like each other and work together yeah absolutely and just to kind of go back to you know as far as the Mises caucus working with the party as a whole it, for those of you who didn't follow along with the uh national convention that occurred there was two sittings one was online and the other was in person and day one i think it carried over into day two whenever the vote was held on the floor whether or not to allow the online participation there in orlando um as you said the Mises caucus was there in force and the overwhelming majority of the people who were there on the floor voted to allow online participation. So if that's not an indicator for a a caucus that is willing to work with the party as a whole to advance this entire message of liberty, I I don't know what there is. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really important point is, and people don't know that because if you follow the Facebook groups, everyone was saying the Mises Caucus is trying to block us, blah, blah, blah. No, we had the majority of the in-person delegates we had the majority. There was no other caucus that had more than us, anywhere near as many as us. And we all voted for online participation. Um, now we might've had different versions of online participation. There was plenty of healthy debate of what online participation looked like and this and that. Um, but we absolutely did not block them. And we made sure everyone got to participate. Um, and, and I was getting text messages throughout the day. This vote's coming up, get back to the hall, you know, be involved and, and vote for online participation. That stuff was going on. Um, it was, we were incredibly organized. We voted hard. Uh, we, we worked hard. We did the work, right? We weren't one of those people that came to the convention and then sat back in our rooms and hung out and did this and did that. We were there to work and we did it. Um, and I'm just real proud of the guys. I mean, it made me it made me a hundred times more interested in being heavily involved in the caucus. At that time, I was just a member. I was just a dues paying member. Uh, and now I'm a state organizer. And that's basically because of what I saw at national and afterwards. Right on. So having made that transition from member to organizer, what do you think is the uh, proper move forward for the caucus to grow the party? What, what are y'all looking at right now? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think first and foremost, um, you have to you have to look at bringing new members into the party. Uh, and I think they've done that. They've um, through their outreach. We've gotten new members. We're bringing in new members all the time that want to be delegates in future um, conventions. We are going to give over fifteen thousand dollars away to local candidates. So one of the things that Mises Caucus believes in is no statewide. So I'm not getting any money. Um, even state reps aren't getting any money. We're looking at local races like mayor, sheriff, city council, and we're, we're targeting places where we can give $1,500 to actually make a difference in a race where $1,500 makes a difference. And we're trying to buy, trying to get 10 candidates who can each have 1500 bucks and, and win um, and basically start spreading the message of liberty that way. Um, so I think they're doing a great job at that. As far as what we're doing is we'll be reaching out and trying to grow our list in each state um, and having our own Mises Caucus chapter in each state, trying to um, have events and talk about the events and talk about the things that are going to be voted on at the next convention, try to figure out where people stand, help people understand the issues um, and really get people ready. Too many people show up to the convention. They've been libertarians for a long time. They have absolutely no idea what's going on. Um, they don't know what the issues that have been debated, you know, over time. And then there's the other handful of people who are on Facebook every single day screaming and shouting about the different things that are going on, but aren't willing to be 
you know, delegate. <laughs> so what we're trying to do is kind of merge those two. We're finding the people that are passionate, that want to be involved, um, and then also educate them prior to the prior to the conventions. Yeah, that's that's been one of my my go to uh, strategies as far as like people saying that oh Joe's a no name I can't believe she got nominated and I was like okay <laughs> how did your delegates in your state vote you know what, right. or, or the approach better approach is hey what did your delegates for your state affiliates say when you asked them to vote for your Hornberger right. or whoever and they're like well I didn't talk to him I'm like okay well there's your problem <laughs> you know um, all of us you were one of the state delegates for us you know I was as well and um, I know that we took a healthy dose of communication from our state affiliate members yeah. who weren't delegates and, yeah. we'll, and that in my opinion is the proper role of a delegate and so if you're listening to this if you're upset with anything you see on a national level as far as LP goes it is your duty to get in get involved and to let these people know that hey this is how i want you to vote and this is what i expect um so i'll take it one step further if you don't know what joe stands for if you don't know her enough to know whether you like her or not you missed 10 plus debates that she was in and so that's not anybody's fault except your own um there were a healthy number of debates there were actually over 15 debates i'm just not sure how many Joe participated in, but there were over 15 debates throughout the libertarian primary process. And those of us who are delegates, hopefully, were watching those debates and helping people make informed decisions. Uh, but to come in after the fact and say, this was the wrong candidate and this is this, you know, is just really disappointing um, on a lot of levels because the people who do the work um, were watching those and, and taking notes and talking to people who cared and, and not you know, nobody did pick up the phone if somebody was calling us asking, asking for advice or giving advice on what candidate to pick. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, you know, that, that kind of goes into another point is that the LP is so much more than these paid positions that you see at the top. Um, I respect you for not bringing up his name and dragging him through the mud. I'll gladly do so. Nick Starwork was an asshole. Um, he did a lot of bad things for the party on his way out the door. And that is such a small representation of what, in my mind, the LP consists of. Um, the LP is you. The LP is my state affiliate. The LP is all the people putting in countless hours, unpaid hours, to do the right thing, to, to advance this message and, and to advance this party. And so um, there, there's a lot that can be said about somebody who believes in something enough to invest their time into something like that. Yeah. And um, man, I, I don't, I don't knock anybody for being upset, but I, I will knock somebody for not wanting to participate. <laughs> Just criticize, yeah, you know? I, uh, Nick and I, you know, we, I, he and I respected each other quite a bit, you know, up until not that long ago. And, um, and he's done a lot for the party. Uh, the last year and a half to two years uh, out of him were just extraordinarily disappointing. Um, and, and unfortunate because he basically tarnished his legacy. Um, and I think part of that was Mises coming up and being strong and them two not getting along and deciding that that was worth, you know, putting out in public every day for the last two years. Um, and then part of it was there were a whole bunch of folks who, who just love Nick and were going to be on his side, even when he wasn't on the side of Liberty. And, um, I, I hope now that he's not in that position anymore. He'll kind of come back to his his libertarian norm 
um, which which up until probably two and a half years ago was was better than most libertarians. So um, I've got hope for him. <laughs> but, right but I, uh, I don't think he'd be picking up the phone if I called today. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, you're a better man than me for giving him the benefit of the doubt on that. You know. Um, now, as far as you know, I had Rex on uh, last week. We were talking about kind of like what we plan on doing in the state. I know you talked about like local races coming up for uh, municipalities and, and things yeah. like that. But what do you think for state affiliates, uh, people who maybe they are just now getting involved at home and they're trying to broaden their base? Like, what do you think is the best approach that we can make to our communities in order to spread this message? Maybe not even in terms of having a candidate, um, but just reaching the general public and telling them, hey, the misconceptions you have about libertarianism, what the LP is or not, what the media is telling you, like what, what's our move there? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a tough one. Um, and I would say that your everyday conversations are by far and away the most valuable conversations that you can have at any time. Your coworker at work, um, your in-law, you know, these are the folks where, you, where they give you the time of day and they listen to your opinions. Um, and I would try not to bring up the word libertarian as you're having the conversations until you're deep into it. Tell people start nodding because we've all had those conversations where you're talking and they're nodding and they're nodding and then you say libertarian and they're like, ooh, <laughs> and we're going to, you know, and then they beer away and then talk to somebody else at the party, you know. Um, and I think uh, it's important for people to kind of get on the hook and say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good on criminal justice reform. You're right on marijuana and this on bail reform and you know, and then start bringing them around to, you know, what do you think on this issue and, and string together a libertarian philosophy, which most people actually have. Um, as far as inside the community, I honestly do believe that getting the right candidates in place uh, is one of the most effective <clears throat> because otherwise, why would people in the community listen to you? You know, they're not going to just come to a fundraiser for nothing, you know, so I think you need to have a candidate, but I would focus on local nonpartisan elections to do that. Um, when I ran for school board, uh, Libertarian didn't come up at all. Uh, in fact, I went and talked to uh, the, the Democrats, right? So the, the city Democrats invited me out and I talked to them. It still didn't come up at all. Um, it was nonpartisan race and nobody asked the question. You know what I mean? So now when I said uh, private school choice, you know, I think the booze in the room told me that I probably want to get the vote. Uh, but, but, uh, but like we said before, I don't hold back on, on what I feel. So, right. um, But uh, I think that is the best way to get our voices out there. So I would encourage people to find nonpartisan races that they can run in where party's not going to come up, but beliefs will. Because I think the beliefs are what resonate and the beliefs when you can start getting people to listen to those and react to them, that's when we start getting traction in the local communities. I can dig that a lot. You know, um, for my county affiliate, like, you know, we got together, there's like a local rumor mill, like the gossip circle page for my, my city that I reside in. And there was a few of us who just talking libertarian ideals constantly on Facebook threads and we all kind of got together and made a county affiliate and then the rest is history. And so I think that you're, you're absolutely right on that. And 
you know, it's, it's a good point. You got to have a candidate to have people show up. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it. And the, uh, you know, Oklahoma, we've seen um, two very major city council seats get elected, you know, with, with Chad and, and Chris, and those guys have been absolute, uh, they've been awesome in those positions. Yep. We have David Greer too, right? So I think we've got three out there right now. Um, and, and the other thing I forgot to mention that, has worked so far in Tulsa and I've only been the Tulsa region chair uh, for about six to eight months or something like that. But um, we have done a few events uh, and the best event that we did, I think, uh, and I'm going to try and mimic some of this going forward was when we did the Maj Tour A event, uh, Black Guns Matter. And what it was is it wasn't just a libertarian event. We just showed up with a bunch of people. Um, so then it was easy to have conversations with people while we were there, you know, oh, this is, um, Todd Agopian, he's running for corporation commissioner, you know, these, these are the, um, Tulsa libertarians over here. This one's from, you know, Cleveland County and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I, I kind of like the thought of nonpartisan events, but coming in force with libertarians where it's big enough that people start asking questions, you know, why are you guys here? Oh, we believe in this too. Also, there's six of us here because we all thought it was a good idea. You know what I mean? They came from two hours away. They came from three hours away. They came from Arkansas. You know? Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's uh, and that that's kind of something I've wanted to see. Um, one of the one of the things that I've kind of been like to an idea with like a fishing tournament or a chili cook-off, like just stuff like that. You know, even better shooting range with the always wonderful Majtere, like that guy is a powerhouse, you know, yep. and he has a very nonpartisan message yep. um, that, that will cross party lines in a heartbeat. And yep. um, so, yeah, man, that's a, that's a solid take. Yep. Um, one other, one other thing that I wanted to, to ask you about and get you to talk to, talk to me about was, uh, you know, this, the goal of this podcast is more or less to talk about recovery within the liberty, libertarian community and, and yep. ending the drug war and things like that. And you yourself have some uh, significant sobriety. And I was wondering if you would talk to us about that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So I um, have had my own issues with alcohol over the years. I think I, um, I have consumed more alcohol than, than most folks. Um, and I had been arrested twice by the time I was 25 once for a minor in possession, once for a pretty significant DUI. Um, and, you know, that was about all it went. That was probably a couple of years before uh, people really started getting screwed when that kind of stuff happened. Uh, but the DUI did um, put me in a situation where I was blowing into a breathalyzer twice a day in the car. You know, I couldn't start the car without it. Couldn't go to bed without blowing in it. Um, so I had to quit. And so I quit for probably two and a half years when I was 25. Um, I eased back in and, you know, I had no reason to quit at that time. I was uh, a single guy and this and that. And, and of course, everyone knows how that goes. Um, if you're an alcoholic, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I eased back in for about a month. And then after that, I was 21 again, you know, so um, and that went on for probably, I don't know, probably another 10 years. Um had a little health scare, got on some pills, and the doctor said, you can drink on these, but I wouldn't, you know what I mean? And I just decided at that time, uh, my son had been diagnosed with a special needs, which actually happened about a year after he was born, 
Um, and I was getting up every night to, to help him. And I just uh, decided for him and for my health, it was going to be better if I, if I was sober and was able to take care of these things and take care of any emergency that happened. Um, and I put the bottle down and, uh, and that was almost four years ago. Um, on. Yeah. And so I did not, uh, I didn't do the steps. I didn't do any of that stuff. I did uh, back when I was 25. So I knew him um, and kind of went through it on my own. Um, but I also knew I could quit because I had done it before and, and, um, and decided I, I'm one of those alcoholics. There's a lot of different kinds, right? I'm one of those alcoholics where uh, it's real easy for me to say no to the first drink and then real hard to say no to the second drink. So I know there's different types of alcoholics and I'm just not one that, uh, that craves that first drink. So, um, so it was easier on me than a lot of people. And I don't want to, I don't want to downplay, you know, other people's struggles. Um, there's definitely been times over the last four years that I have, uh, that I've struggled with it, but I have not relapsed and I've never had an issue where it was a significant possibility. Uh, I've got four boys, uh, all under eight years old. So they're all, <laughs> they're all little. <laughs> um, and I'm the only one uh, that has an income in my family. So it is important for me to make money. Um, and I mean, I was in a pretty bad way. I would say four years ago, I was in a pretty bad way. Their liquor was definitely affecting me. Um, I would definitely say I was successful at that point. I was making six figures. I was doing the right thing in business. Um, but the day I put it down, my productivity uh, went kind of crazy. And my career trajectory has been a lot different over the last four years. And I don't, I don't want to attribute that to the alcohol. Um, but it certainly, it certainly had a hand in it. Right. Yeah. And that's, I can absolutely identify with you when you talk about like not being, here's the thing is that like my first time, like I've been clean um, a little over eight months now and you've known me for a while, man, you know, yep. like some of the struggles I've had, but um that first time I go out and use tonight, if I chose to go out and use, that's a choice I made. The second time I use after that won't be. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so I'm the very much the same way, man. Like it's really easy for me to not go do that thing. Right. If I did go do that thing, there's no telling when that ride's going to end for me. Right. You know? And so, and I, I, I applaud you and respect you big time. You saw a change that needed to be made and you did what you had to do in order to, to make that happen. Yeah. Um, that's a difficult decision to make, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the medicine made it easier. Just, it was that clean cut, you know, this is why I'm going to do it. And I kind of convinced myself that I had to, even though the doctor said I didn't. Uh, but to your point, it's the same thing, you know, at any time I could, I could decide the doctor said I didn't, you know, and, and this and that, but I think I'm here to stay. I, um, my grandpa used to tell me, you know, never drink so much that you can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the words um, of wisdom right there the only people that say that are people that drink too much right so, so this, is, <laughs> this is in our family and i just don't think uh it needs to be for me i'd rather have my kids um find out on their own rather than say i did it because i saw you doing it for the for the last 15 years you know what i mean yeah it's a solid take man um a lot of a lot of us who found find our ways into recovery be it meetings or just you know whatever um we have family history you know it's just part of one of those things we kind of inherit that in one way shape or form yep. so with you doing what you're doing now with the, all the boys being you know under the age of eight 
they're not yeah. ever going to know their dad, you know, in any other yeah. way, but, but who you are right now. Exactly. You know, that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. So my wife got to know it and, and she likes it better this way. <laughs> and the boys, <laughs> boys are going to be better for it. I think, uh, I think that they, you know, everyone has their own challenges. We don't need to layer that one on top. Yeah. My, my wife, we, uh, we went on our honeymoon and I convinced her, I was like, I could have a drink. She's like, Oh yeah, fine. Yeah. You can have a drink. She doesn't think that anymore. <laughs> that was about four months of insanity. We're not going to go do that again. So, uh, I don't know, man, there's just, there's certain types of us out there and, and I'm not trying to say that you are like that at all with me, but you know, but I think you can identify with some of that, but for whatever reason, man, like moderation is just is not <laughs> something that I understand, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, not the same way. I think, um, you know, I just, I sleep probably four times as much now than I used to just cause I could not go to bed. So, um, and I think that probably had as much to do with the productivity increase, you know, than the not drinking, it's just, you know, better sleep and, and better focus. And I just feel a lot clearer now and there's, you know, first three hours of the day i can actually get something done yeah absolutely yeah well um todd is there anything else you wanted to go over anything you want to plug no guys follow me on twitter anyone can message me i try and uh get back to the messages i think i i communicate pretty well uh with people there um get involved in the campaign if you want shoot me a note on on twitter uh for the most part what we're doing here it's trying to focus on that last week before election, trying to bank on the fact that people don't care about corporation commissioner until right at the last minute. Um, and so my opponent's spending $200,000, but he's spending it over, you know, eight months. We're going to spend 10000 to $20,000 over one week uh, and really try and be the last thing that people see as they walk in. Um, Outside of that, if you're in Oklahoma, get involved in the state party. Um, this is a fantastic state party. I am just so impressed with these folks. Uh, I came from Ohio and, and did not have a great experience trying to get involved there. Uh, these guys welcomed me in um, right away, got me into leadership pretty quickly, uh, drew you too, right? So, I mean, um, just pulling people into leadership. We find good people, bring them in. We've only had uh, ballot access again for four years and we're growing like crazy. Uh, and my race is gonna get it for another four years. So we'll be good through 2024 and we can just do all the right stuff and hit the ground um, and grind it out. Uh, and by the way, Joe or Gary last time, I think we were the third or fourth best libertarian state for him. And that was the first time back on the ballot. So we're expecting big things in 2020 and 2024 from a presidential standpoint, even though our focus is going to be local. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's even in 2018, we showed up to the polls more than anybody else in the entire country, I believe, as far as the yeah. midterms went. Yeah, you're true. Uh, yeah, Chris Powell had the highest uh, libertarian gubernatorial percentage in the country out of all the gubernatorial races in 2018. So you're right. Absolutely. Well, um, so like Todd said, go follow him on Twitter. Um, you know, next time that there's an opportunity to donate money, donate money, help this man win this race. This is an important election. This is a yep. big election. Uh, we're going to see this win. We need to see this win. But, uh, yep. and uh, I guess with that, I will leave your uh, show notes in the, uh, or the, uh, the handle. Let me just uh, throw out, I guess I forgot, toddhagopian.com is the campaign website okay 
I'll put that on there too. Well, Todd, thanks a lot for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Anytime. All right. And guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, We will see you guys next time. I think we're going to throw out an episode uh, sometime early in the week. Uh, But with that, we're going to end it. Thank you.